0: I'm coach Mickey,
1: I'm Mel and I am WR Frady.
0: And we are so glad that you have joined us. And thank you so much. If this is your first time joining us, come on in and make yourself comfortable. Yourself, get yourself real comfortable because this is one of our favorite podcasts that we do each and every month. And you guys are in for a treat. And for those of you that connect with us on a regular basis, we are so glad that you do. And we love the fact that you guys are reaching out to W.R. Frady and you're enjoying his stories and you have an opportunity to meet with him and see with, you know where he's at on a regular basis and we we really encourage that you do that because we we love that you guys kind of interact with us. Um, And as promised, uh, we are going to I delight you with another story from Frady's Friday Night Frights. And I'm excited because this one is going to pick up from last month, uh, Hand in the Window, where William, you started to tell us a story about um, something that had transpired in the Legend of Lacey Road, that you've been sharing all these real stories with us. And uh, I know we've been sitting on the edge of our seat waiting this month to hear the rest of this. So for those of you that have not had an opportunity to hear what happened prior, please go back and, and you can find all of uh wr frady's podcasts within our podcast and also on our website he has his own page where you can find where you can see his drawings where he's going to be uh appearing at a lot of the comic cons how you can reach out to him and then also see what he has got in the work so thank you william i know you're so darn busy thank you for being here again uh this month and we're excited about this story yes we are
1: hey it's always a pleasure I'm- I enjoy being on here. It, it, it's just, it's a whole lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. And I definitely, I definitely enjoy telling the stories and it, it's always a great time. We get on, we laugh, we yes. tell spooky stories and, you know, <laughs> just, we just pass the time and make it entertaining for everyone who likes to join, which I'd like to thank everyone out there for joining us as well. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and then and just enjoy the stories I and uh, you know, feel would love for you to buy Coach Mel and them a cup of coffee on their page. And if you love <laughs> and enjoy the stuff that I'm doing, you want to see more and help me to be able to build and do more. Also, I'd like you to reach out on my page and uh, as well. And if you would buy me a cup of coffee as well, I've got a lot of projects I'm trying in the works and you know, would love to see some support because I would love to give these things back to you so that you can enjoy them as well. And without further ado, welcome to W.R. Frady's Friday Night Frights. All right, we're ready to go? We're ready. All right. Well, if you remember from the last time that we were together, I told you that there was a suspect that I always suspected that there was an unsolved murder that history doesn't know about in Cabo County because it plays itself over and over. Now, this is going back to a story that I told back in our Halloween sessions, but I'm going to take it in a little more detail. And so we're revisiting this and adding it to the, Friday's, the, William, the Friday Night Frights. And, well, here's where it all begins. You see... My friends and I are avid campers, and the cove below the old house was perfect for doing just that. There was a side that it was kind of divided between night and day or shady and light, if you want to put it that way. Because to the left, as you go down into this cave, was the was the side that was in a clearing. It was exposed to the sky, always got kind of sunlight, and that was where we would always set up and fish and that was more of the you know the more of the recreational side as far as fishing and sports and also where we would go to find wood for the night and then to the left was I mean and then to the right you went under a canopy of trees which overshadowed the cove and had more of a sandy beach effect as it led back toward the woods that is what we used to go do swimming. And as a lot of times where we did the cooking out part of the cookout uh, the cookouts and yeah, a lot of times would set up camp, except for when my friends and I would go, we would set a tent up on one side, which we would make out of tarps and between stretched between two trees, just because we liked to have fun with that. But then we'd have another on the on the fishing side, on the side in the sunlight where the, uh where it would just kind of keep other intruders, you know, other campers from wanting to come in, we'd kind of take up the cove so we wouldn't have strange people moving in on us. Uh, basically people coming in from boats or something like that. If, and to be more clarif, clarified on that, but just setting a a little bit of the scene, you know, we would go down camping now this particular occasion and we would go down camping for like week at a time, and that was the way we lived back in those times, especially in my high school years. But on this particular occasion, <clears throat> which to my best reco- recollection was senior weeks, where instead of going to the beach with many of the seniors, my senior week was spent down on the woods and with some of my friends. One of the who's in particular was Aaron, who was most of the time with me. But as Aaron and I went down and we set up the tents, as we always do, we began we began gathering the wood and everything. And as we would do so, Aaron would always bring about with him a dual karaoke machine speaker and with dual cassettes and. Through it, we would a lot of times listen to music and stuff. And I always had this collection of horror sound effects tapes because I loved stuff with Halloween, and I would collect horror sound effects. Well, on this particular day, we would play, most of the time when we played the horror sound effects tapes, we did so to, again, like with the other tent, to help deter strange people from coming into the cove. Now, through the day, we would listen to music and stuff like that. But as the evening drew on and the shadows stretched out and the sun dipped lower to closer to the horizon, we would begin playing the sound effects. And our my particular favorite was Walt Disney's thrilling, chilling sounds of the haunted house. And because it had the most realistic and eerie sound effects of all of them. Well, on this particular day, when the sound effects were drifting out over the cove and echoing back, it sounded as though the whole cove was haunted and the shadows of dusk had crept in. And we began lighting the fire, the ticky torches. So the campsite was aglow with a great, nice orange flavor. And I, sorry, a nice orange glow that just like permeated, that just reached out and, you know, illuminated and cast dancing shadows over everything around us. So it, it would always kind of help in the stretch of the imagination. And we had so much fun with it because in that we would tell, we would start telling stories and we were as much prone to tell ghost stories. It was more fairy tales. And then just, talk about funny events and do interactive stories. But on this particular night, when the sound effects were echoing and calling to us back from beyond the cove and the fire was aglow, there come a point when the tape had come to its end. However, the sound effects continued to come. But unlike the sound effects that were echoing and resonating from the karaoke machine and echoing back from across the lake, these were coming from beyond the weeds, farther to the right, deeper back in the cove, where the shadows had already swallowed the land. And it was just all you could hear was the sounds of heavy footfalls and doors slamming. And it was, Adjoined by the sound of arguing and fussing and it would continue on. I mean, and it would over time elevate. And as Aaron and I, Clint would join us later in the night, but long after this had passed because of his job at the time had, you know, wouldn't allow him to come down until late. But Aaron and I sat there. And I want to say there's a couple of other friends with us, but I know Aaron for certain. But we would sit there and we would listen. And we would look at each other and like, what in the world is going on here? And you would hear the doors slam, heavy footfalls on the stairs. I mean, and it echoing. It's not like the sounds weren't like the sounds of something that was echoing from another area of the lake. Which, knowing this cove, we were very much accustomed to, and it was it was a direct sound, not an echo coming from beyond the beyond the briars and the brambles, beyond the trees and overgrown uh, passes that led back into the cove, and where this was echoing from was the very place where the old foundation of the house that became. My old house, the old house, so I call it the old mansion. Once set, well, as the night went on, the uh, the the arguing and the slamming and the uh, the the footfalls and everything just it, it kept echoing and it it grew and came into a fever pitch of just heated argument and just kept on it kept on going and just getting bigger and more and more, uh, you know, pronounced and then suddenly the doors kept slamming and stuff. And then there was a scream, a woman screaming as, uh, being absolutely brutalized. And w- within moments, it, the scream would die down and fade into a groan and just fall out as if somebody's breath was running out as they were speaking and then it would die out and you'd hear a door open and the door you'd hear something dragging it was like the heavy thuds of something being drugged, or like a body or something being drugged down steps and pulled out the doors and then everything would go quiet then a few minutes later It picked back up. The next uh, another sound of arguing and footfalls and chasing and the slamming, just you could you you could visualize this immense violent argument taking place beyond the beyond the light of the camp. And it was all the everything else around us was dead silent. I mean, there was no crickets, there were no there were no birds. There were no, nothing else was making a sound. Just this immense event going on beyond the woods. And once again, it rose into a fever pitch. And it was, the you, you heard again, the sound of someone being brutalized. And this time a man's voice screaming out. And it was just dying off and to a groan and then fading out. And once more, you heard the door slamming and something being drug heavy downstairs. And this went on into the night. And then, long about midnight, shortly after, it all faded away into nothing. Clint soon came down uh, to join us, but he had missed everything that was being heard. But Aaron and I were still sitting there in complete awe of what had transpired in the, the, woods beyond the light of the campfire back deeper into the cove well this ain't the first time that that was happened you see 10 years before Aaron and I ever heard that night my brother James had ventured down into the woods he loved the woods it was his second home and that was a place that you know, he he felt he could find peace and comfort. And he often wandered down with our dog, Bar Killer, at the time, which was a huge brown bear dog uh, that would join him. And he, he was loyal to the family and things. And, you know, he, James and that dog loved one another. And they went down in. It was about a couple of weeks before James was to go to the Navy. Well, while James was down in the woods. And he, I got this story years ago after I first published Legends of Lacey Road up on my on well, at the time it was just true. Yeah, no, it was the first year I posted up Legends of Lacey Road. And he said, I have little Legend of Lacey Road for you. And so he began to tell me this story. Well, he told me about him, him and Bar Killer went down into the woods and how he was thinking things over about the choices and things he had done where he was getting ready to go to the Navy. And he began hearing this argument take place down in the cove and door slamming. And as he told me the story, my hair stood on end because he told of door slamming. He told of uh, of screams and arguments and someone being killed and something, somebody being drugged down the steps. And he wrote it for me in a story and embellished And when I read it, I was like, James, did this actually happen? He's like, well, I embellished on it for the story a little bit, but yes, this actually happened. Well, he wrote about it happening and it fading away. And it had taken place 10 years before Aaron and I ever witnessed those same events that night the hair stood up on my arms because James was writing the story that of everything Aaron and I heard that same night so it replays itself over every so often down in those woods this murder that took place right in the location where the old mansion once sat before the old mansion was torn down and the root his dam was built and then it was moved up on top of the hill, what became our old house, and thus began our first legends of the legends of Lacey Road. Wow! Oh my gosh!
0: Wow! I, okay, so I ha- my my brain is spinning here with questions. Wow. <laughs> wow! Absolutely. Is this is this murder? Is it is it is it been Uh, I mean, does anybody know about this murder or is this something? I don't think think they
1: do. I I, I, honestly, with the way it plays itself out and as old as that house is Uh now, the old mansion was old, was an old mansion back when the Moors bought the land, when Baird's Forge was still just being settled. Now, Baird's Forge is what Granite Falls was Before it became, went through the town's names of Somerville, Lovelady, and eventually settled into Granite Falls. Mm -hmm. Seeing this house was old even then. And to our best understanding, it has no known origin. No, No one knows who built that house. But it sat there. The Moors bought it. The Moors sold it to the Hayes. The Hayes are who who moved it, who took it down and moved it up onto the hill. And that's where it became the old house. And five other buildings were built from that mansion oh, good heavens. being a barn, a shed, two barns, one of which burnt down, a shed, the pig cut pen, the chicken coop and a smaller, as well as the house. And then there was also a smaller little tent-like building that I vaguely remember, but I remember sitting out in the middle of the orchard field where the uh, the walnut trees and stuff like that stretched out to the left of the old house.
2: This episode was brought to you by KeepOnSharing.com. They're calling themselves the first truly ethical social network. They'll share back 50% of their revenue with their users, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's free to register, and they never sell your information. You can list your products, events, and content for free. Adult content accounts be gone. They're fun, positive, and encouraging sites supporting local business. In a day and age where social media sites, even well-established ones, are being brought to light left and right for their questionable and sometimes downright archaic business practices, KeepOnSharing.com is a well-needed breath of fresh air. While you can share personal content, news articles, or just about anything for fun and profit, the marketplace allows practically anyone to sell anything, at any time, from anywhere. But on this site, you are the boss. I cannot express... How amazing it is that KeepOnSharing.com shares 50% of all revenue back with the users on top of having a truly transparent, supportive, and clean business model. Check them out. I'm signing up. Will you? Go ahead and meet me on there. Just go to KeepOnSharing.com. A link will be provided in this episode's description.